0: Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guests are Ed Cunard and Adam Wainwright. They are hosts of the podcast, The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. And as you maybe can guess from the title, it's all about karaoke. They've interviewed karaoke aficionados like yours truly, As well as musicians, comedians, their second season kicked off with an interview with Frank Turner, who is a fantastic musician. Would highly recommend checking all of those shows out. Obviously listening to this podcast, you'll get a great feel for what the show sounds like. Ed, Adam, and I are chatting all about what makes for a good karaoke performance, some underrated karaoke songs, some good gems, how they got started in this wacky world, some of the strangest compliments they've gotten and so much more. It's a blast. I had a lot of fun with the conversation and I know. You will enjoy listening to it as well. And while you're doing so, if you want to support the show, head on over to goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Pick up a copy of my book, hit up some merch, get yourself nice and cozy, and buckle up into this conversation with Adam and Ed. To start off, for people who aren't familiar. The elevator? Yes. See, you. this is someone who's done their homework. <laughs> Give us your do you elevator us pitch. Both? Yeah, do you want us
1: both to have answers.
0: Okay. I do. I want to hear from both of you. Your names, your elevator pitch, and what type of elevator we're riding on.
1: Well, I'll start, Ed, since Ed was so excited about oh, the we're elevator starting. pitch. I'm yeah, we've started. We've started, Ed. So I'm just going to take. We're it on here. the elevator,
0: but we haven't pushed the button yet.
1: Yeah. So the elevator's <laughs> gone. You're gone. You can get the next ride. I got. I got this one. We're going up. Okay. So, hello, everybody. My name is um, Adam Wainwright. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, and uh, the elevator pitches, basically we Ed and I um host started a podcast in the pandemic, and we just love talking to people about karaoke, but more than anything, we like talking to people that are just bring joy and uh are exploring whatever that means to them and their walks of life, whether it be creatively finding joy or finding joy in their personal lives or in their work. And I think that just goes a long way. So the type of elevator we're on, we're we'll saying is an elevator of positivity that we're trying to shoot as high as we possibly can, which is why it was so amazing when Joey asked us to join us here. So, Ed, I'm passing the positivity elevator to you. You can ride it or not. Uh, What do you choose? (laughs)
2: Uh, I have my own elevator. Thank you. Um, (laughs) My my elevator pitch for the podcast is, is pretty simple. It's we're a show that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. Meaning seriously, but not really seriously. Just trying to have a good time like you would at a karaoke night my elevator is an antique otis elevator in an art deco building from the 30s
0: wildly different types of rides but i am excited to be along for both of them now obviously you two both have a lot of karaoke experience we we kind of discussed this on your podcast which let's give a shout out to the greatest song ever sung poorly What's your earliest karaoke memory then? What What do you first remember of picking up a mic and singing, whether it was in front of 100 people or one person? I'm going to get killed for telling the story. <laughs> uh, but growing up, I worked at a resort in
2: the Poconos. And working there meant that I could get into the bar there, even though I was 16, 17 at the time. So a friend of ours uh, and my little brother and I all went one night. I don't remember what I sang, which I find kind of criminal. I remember that <laughs> our friend Eddie uh, sang Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. But driving to school every day, my little brother would always do a nearly pitch perfect Roxanne by the police if it came on the radio, like great falsetto, everything. And I mean, he's a big manly kid just hitting those real high notes. So it's like, Will, you should do that. He's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he gets the most stage fright when he got up there that he sang it in a strict Roxanne. <laughs> you don't have to wear that dress tonight. I mean, it was bad. It was it was I, probably not as bad as some of the things I've done. But the best part of that was when he got off the stage, there was like an old lady in the audience who was just so enthusiastic about him getting up there and doing it. And she's like, that was a lovely song. Do you sing that song to your mother? <laughs> She clearly didn't hear the words. Uh, That's my very first karaoke experience, but I did not become a karaoke addict until I met this tall drink of
1: water that we are sharing the space with today. It's true, Adam. Glad I was able to rope you into the world. Uh, My earliest karaoke memory is ironically tied to yours, Joey. It was a relay for life. I was ludicrous, and yeah, by Usher. Um, When I really started to become a thing for me, uh, was in my formative adult years, because I feel like when you're younger, it's tough to like get in to do karaoke. It's just not, it, it's like a weirdly not super accessible thing, unless you're of the age to drink. Um, so I was actually doing a s- service year with AmeriCorps, um, the National Civilian Community Corps. Uh, we were based out of Sacramento, California, at an old retired Air Force base where we were all living. So there was about uh, 200 uh 18 to 24 year olds all living in kind of the same place and we could walk across this very busy street called watt avenue and there was this little dive bar called harvey's across the street it was a a biker bar slash service bar so there was the bikers called the clampers and there were all the americorps you know younger people all hanging out together in glorious harmony we jammed about a 100 people into a 24 person max capacity space and one of the bikers actually ran karaoke his name was Shrek. And uh, you made friends with the owner. They could call up Shrek. Shrek would come out and do carry it. That's where I discovered I could sing Johnny Cash. That's where um, I discovered that I just love the atmosphere that it created. And from there, it just kind of like went on a wild, wild,
0: wild ride for me. <laughs> and th- that was so interesting that you like a, a great note that without. A bar. It is kind of hard to to get into karaoke. I was thinking. My I think the second karaoke memory I have was at a Six Flags in I uh, the outskirts of the greater Chicagoland area. Six Flags Great America. Shout out a friend and I did Fat Lit by Some Forty One. Um, but again, that was you know an area with a lot of children <laughs> around. Uh, maybe not even the best song for for that <laughs> crowd. But you know we had a good time. Now Ed, you mentioned that. Adam kind of pulled you into this world. So let's take us back to that moment where you two first met for the first time. Did you know you'd turn into a successful podcast someday? No, we certainly did <laughs> not know that because uh, I, I don't even
2: think podcasts were really a thing back then. It was it would have been two thousand nine or so. Uh, Adam moved up to where I was going to grad school. We worked together. We became friends. He invites me to karaoke one night. I'm like, dude, I can't sing. And that was accurate at the time. I could not (laughs) sing, but he's like, no, come on. It'll be fun. So the first song that I did as a regular karaoke goer was let me clear my throat by biz marquee that I do remember.
1: Yeah. And you definitely could not sing back then, but it was okay because like that kind of just a like epitomized later, you know, become love and it developed and you've learned to sing since then. Uh, I'll, I'll give you credit, but that was a trip though, because this turned into like an obsession for us right around this time. Um, I got on board. We became very close friends. Uh, karaoke was kind of what our friendship circled around initially. And it kind of blossomed from there. But we got to the point where um, we discovered that we could do some hip hop songs together that turned into a thing. We became most local celebrities for our version of It's Tricky by Run DMC. Um, pe- people knew us and would like identify us when we were out in town. Like, oh, you're those guys that do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's us. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Um, and we we you know we we start going. We I think we had at least what three nights guaranteed that we go out every week, and it we pulled off a perfect week once where we did karaoke seven times in a week. Seven times, seven different towns, seven different bars. Yeah,
0: I was gonna ask. Yeah, it's a it's all over the the world. The, it sounds like the, well, the Western Pennsylvania yeah. area at the huh. time, but that yeah. was
1: the Western Pennsylvania. We've that's, that's got basically the world Eastern, at that
0: point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, Ed, I, I feel like you kind of touched on this um, with the compliment that your brother got, but I, I find at karaoke, people give very specific and kind of like odd compliments sometimes. So you, you're well known in in the karaoke world. So what's a strange compliment that you've gotten? <laughs> I can't share the one that just popped to mind. And
2: I think Adam (laughs) knows exactly what I'm talking about because he was there for that one. I think it was during that perfect week when we went to that really divey country bar and the person told us we did something really well in a way that we would have preferred not to have heard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I think the strangest thing that anyone ever said to me in. I'm not, I haven't been negged very often in a bar. And somebody once said, "You know, I didn't think you were that attractive until I saw you do karaoke, but now you're kind of hot." <laughs> and I'm like, "Thanks."
0: What a backhanded compliment. Right? <laughs> Adam, do you have any good strange moments? Uh,
1: just to be, ad, ad. You are kind of hot, so it's fair. They were right. <laughs> They're right. Um, I don't. I don't have any like. Sp- specific compliments. So the strangest thing that's happened to me while doing karaoke though, is uh, I determined when I moved. So we, we formed this relationship in Indiana, like Indiana, Pennsylvania. And I was moving to Kentucky in the Indiana area. I was moved the, the state of Indiana from the town of Indiana. It was a whole thing. <laughs> um, but so I went, we, we had a normal karaoke spot on Wednesday night. It always got packed. It was like this double level bar. There were probably a hundred people there that night. Uh, either saying goodbye to me or just hanging out. And I wanted to make a cry. Um, that night was what, what my plan was. So I had a very specific song I wanted to sing. Well, they didn't have a karaoke. It was uh, Johnny Cash singing We'll Meet Again. Um, so they didn't have a karaoke. The version didn't exist. So we knew the karaoke DJ well enough that he just let me sing a cappella. So I sang Johnny Cash acapella to a group of 100 people in this bar and the, that wasn't the strange part. The strange part was what happened after I started singing, um, pin drop quiet. Like in this busy bar, all of a sudden it was quiet. I don't know. Like I'm a performer. This is one of the like hobbies I have outside of podcasting and karaoke. I've never been free- more freaked out on a stage. Like that was the weirdest thing. Like to hear a bar who pin drop quiet, like was
0: bonkers. <laughs> And it succeeded, I openly wept. Yes. Mm-hmm. I won. I, I got it. I, I did it. Not a dry eye in the audience, I'm sure, after, mm-hmm. after that. It,
1: it was it was something. Uh, it's something I'll never, that feeling and that moment is just something you never forget. It's like one of those like odd things that kind of just sticks out and will we'll, carry with me, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you mentioned the performance aspect of it. Obviously, both of you are very comfortable on stage. Ed, maybe not your brother so much. Um, But for people, you know, I feel like almost every time I go to karaoke with someone new, someone in the group is like, "Mm, I don't know if I should do a song. Like, I don't know if I want to go up there. So for people that are maybe a little more, they have the stage fright or they're a little less comfortable, they haven't done karaoke as much. What's kind of one of your go-to tips that you'd offer them?
2: Well, if I'm there in the scenario, my go-to thing is, hey, listen, if you get up there and sing whatever you want to sing, I'll sing whatever song you pick out for me, whether I know it or not. (laughs) <laughs> and that often does egg somebody on to the point where they'll get up and do it. But my thing is, everyone has a song in their heart. And that song in their heart is probably something they sing in their car or sing in their shower. Make it something that you know, make it something that you love, and it will feel natural. And you'll kind of forget if you're scared of the state, if you have the stage fright, if you're scared of being up in front of people. If you take one of those heart songs, you will let all the rest of that stuff drip away. And when everybody claps at the end, you're like, oh, my God god it's such a
1: great feeling yeah and people will clap too uh you have to remember when you're going out to a karaoke night especially with friends and you've never done it before um you're you're in a supportive loving environment you are there, there may be strangers there yes but the people that matter are the people you should sing to they're, they're gonna be the people in your group that are also out there to sing karaoke just to have a good time with you and you go from like a casual observer of that good time and you might see your friends having this time too Actively being a part of it and being a part of that moment. And I think that's really special. It's just to keep in mind that like, listen, sing to your friends. And we're just uh, the entire thing that Ed and I preach about karaoke all the time. Is karaoke should just be fun. Just go have fun with it. Who cares what other people think? Like, have fun, find joy, find moments of joy. And that's the big thing. And every
2: host worth their salt will instruct how the night should go they will tell you to clap the couple times that i had to fill in as a karaoke host the line that i always use was hey make sure that you're clapping after every singer every singer has a reason to clap for them you're either clapping because you're good or you're clapping
0: because it's over but just clap you know (laughs) i like that and on top of that too like most of the people there are at some point gonna sing so if like if you're booing people <laughs> then you get up on stage, i uh, probably not getting the best reception. <laughs> the only people that we boo is
2: each other and, and this sometimes we really deserve it.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a gong karaoke one time and oh. they like one of the first people that got up there got gonged and I was like, "Oh man, they take this seriously." And then I realized that they worked there and they were just having that, <laughs> having a good laugh at their expense. So I was like, "Okay, it's a little it's a little less intimidating than I thought." <laughs>
1: i think i i don't know how i'd feel about a gong karaoke night and how do you think you like you'd respond to a gong karaoke you feel
0: like you'd lean into it
1: or like i feel like i would lean into it i feel like that would be the night that i would pull out punk rock girl by the
2: dead milkman
0: Ooh. oh hmm. i'd give a thumbs up it was very much like a I, I if i'm remembering this right it was like a you had a card almost like at a fogo to chow where you're like bring on more meat versus like hold up i have too much meat on my plate so you had like a green and red on a card and you'd just like hold it up and if they got more reds than greens then the gong hit and it was time to get off the stage i only did it once and it was just because uh, they they were like, we'll pick a song for you and you do it, and then if you make it through without getting gonged, everyone gets a shot. So I was like, hey everyone, if you don't thumbs this down, you'll get a gong, uh, or you'll get you'll get a free shot. And so people gave me a thumbs up, even if it wasn't probably my best performance.
1: <laughs> That's a, that was a great incentive to do it though. Like I don't I don't think we need that encouragement, but it was it was definitely a good move. Yeah, I was
0: like, this this worked out. This worked out nicely. <laughs> Now, I always like to ask musicians what their worst gig was. You've obviously done enough karaoke to have some worst performances, so I'd love to hear what are your worst karaoke performances.
2: So the first time that Adam ever booed me uh, was relatively early in our karaoke journey together, and I picked a song that I knew very well. It was Counting Crows' Mr. Jones. However, I was still relatively new to karaoke. This was in the first year, and I don't know what version it was, but the scan was very wrong, and it was throwing me off my rhythm, and I was stuttering and sputtering horribly through it. Plus, it's a little bit out of my range, and I didn't know how to adjust for that yet. And I mean, Adam just let me have it, and rightfully so. It was a very bad performance, so that one sticks out.
1: Yeah, that one sticks out to me, too, Ed. Uh... <laughs> That's all right. We got we got back at each other. Um because (laughs) so (laughs) uh, mine mine was uh singing wise was uh, across the universe by the beatles um it was i think the same night or like within a week of each other no it wasn't it was after we started our
2: social karaoke fraternity
1: oh that's right we started a social karaoke fraternity it was after that i sang across the universe by the beatles the beatles were always tricky to me because um I kept thinking that I could sing the Beatles like I know the words they don't sound difficult to sing and then when you actually hear them like you're trying to follow and sing along with the music and actually like perform it it's incredibly difficult to do and I learned the hard way with across the universe and it was um yeah it was hurt for me to listen to so I can't imagine what everybody else was
2: thinking but we've learned some lessons from things like that like if I'm at a bar and I've been drinking enough it doesn't occur to me to change things to what I can do. Mm-mm. So like there are times I'm like, oh no, I'll sing Sam cook. I love Sam cook. I can't sing Sam cook. That's way out of my range.
1: No um, one can sing Sam cook just or, as or
2: Al green or or stuff like that. Like, so I try to sound like them knowing full well that I can't, whereas I'll do Nora Jones and I don't try to hit. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't hit that. I'll just do it my way. And that's kind of what taught me how to, take songs and put it into something that I could actually do yeah, with no I, real musical background or training.
1: I've done the same thing with Carrie Underwood songs, uh, Adele. Um, I, I've found a lot of female vocalists. are, are It's a, easier to um, lower and adjust the key for female vocalists a lot of times
0: for whatever reason than male vocalists is what I found. It's, it's just tougher in general. I find sometimes I still get swept up in in trying to sound like the female vocalist, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's uh, that. I'm um, for a newer song, "Sweet but Psycho" by Ava Max. Uh, right at the very end, she hits a real high note, and I tried to go for it because I was like, the rest of this is sounding all right. Like, let's go for it. Probably not I'm, the best, but
2: I'm fairly certain the only female I could sound like on a mic would be B. Arthur, and
0: I don't think she had a recording <laughs> career, so. We'll, we'll check the tapes. Maybe she she had a long lost album that's out there somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's uncut gems, the B Arthur B sides.
0: <laughs> I really hope that exists now. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go back because you mentioned this karaoke karaoke social fraternity. What is that? <laughs> oh, so. Um. After I
2: left Indiana the first time after a horrible breakup and had a, a momentary uh bout of severe alcoholism and depression, uh, I started to go car- to karaoke locally because, again, that if you're if it's something that becomes a part of you, it's the easiest way to meet new people mm-hmm. and to get out and to get out of your shell. Oh, yeah. And we built like a crowd up in this small town in the middle of nowhere. And then when Adam moved back. Adam and I together are always a a, a very good or very bad idea, depending on who you ask. And our group just kind of gelled and we're like, you know, we should have like matching t-shirts and we should have an initiation. And we called ourselves No Shame Karaoke. And the only requirement to get in was you just had everybody else in the group picked whatever songs you were going to sing that night to embarrass you. And that was it. That was like our version of hazing. And (laughs) There were there ended up being about 20 of us going to this bar, all wearing T-shirts with our numbers on the back and no shame karaoke on the front. And uh, it was one of my favorite periods of our karaoke history because it was just such a tight knit group and everybody got along for the most part. And we would have a table of 15 to 20 people at karaoke every week, just always together. And it was it was really nice
1: it was It was amazing, um and do you remember what song you sang for your initiation because just because we created the group, we also went through the initiation. I remember what song I sang. I do not. It was probably a country song because everyone knows I don't know any country or, or I didn't at the time. you didn't at the time. you learned and grew, I sang. Um, My heart will go on by Celine Dion. That was my initiation song for my my deep voice, my my deep baritone bass voice. They decided to pick that one. I don't think I've ever leaned so hard into performative aspects of a song. I'm on my knees, like you know, really just begging, like wherever you are. <laughs> You know, just just going for it, no, I can't hit those notes. that was an imaginary thing, and that's like just a strategy. You know if you get into a situation where you can't hit the notes, <laughs> just
0: lean into it, oh yeah, I think the the most entertaining performances is when the person like knows they're not <laughs> they're not gonna yeah. knock it out, and they're like, "I'm just gonna roll with it,
2: and it's magical or if you could if you can do an impression, that also helps
0: too. it does good it a does. good creed impression of uh, <laughs> my heart will go on always Ooh. flawless <laughs> have you experienced that
1: joey you said that in a way that you've heard someone do a creed impression of that song
0: uh not at karaoke but i know i mean growing up i uh, in in high school i mean creed was probably already beyond its prime i would say by the time i was in uh, maybe not it was, it was like early 2000s so like throughout high school we'd just do the creed voice for both singing and just like conversations with each other. You know, we'd be like, pass me the bread. And it's just, I, I we all thought it was hilarious. So, But I'm, I don't think I've ever actually seen someone do, definitely not for My Heart Will Go On, but I feel like outside of a Creed song, I don't know if I've heard anyone do the Creed.
1: I feel like all I want to do at karaoke now is do a Creed impression for every song <laughs> just to see how it plays and see how successful they are. Adam does do a mean Johnny Cash impersonation. I will say that. That That is my magic trick. That's my, my karaoke magic trick. Whenever I walk into a situation, I'm not like, I just don't know or like a new bar or something like that. Yeah. I'll just throw Johnny Cash on. Doesn't matter the crowd. And then for me it- I will cater the Johnny Cash song
0: to the crowd is what I normally do. <laughs> yeah. And then for me, it's shaggy. Nice. Nice. That is <laughs> again, wildly different, but, but fantastic <laughs> all around outside of the podcast. You also have done plenty of entertaining things. Adam, you've traveled all over the world. What's your best travel story?
1: Okay, so I'm going to tie this to karaoke, actually. It's it's a good, it's an interesting kind of travel story uh, that ties to karaoke in um one way. And that's, okay, so I... Was I mentioned the service year earlier that I was doing the service year in California. Well, the nature of the program that we did is we, we kind of traveled the country working with different nonprofits that wouldn't be able to accomplish their missions if they didn't have a little bit of assistance from people that were willing to volunteer their time. Um, we had a very unique year, the years that I served. Uh, normally we would be focused on the West Coast. So I ended up with projects like California and Washington and Nevada and got to see a lot of the states out that way. Um, but Hurricane Katrina and Rita which were two of these gigantic storms um, that hit during that time, uh, kind of devastated the Gulf Coast. And we kind of got shifted. Our priorities shifted. So we hopped in a 15-passenger van, 12 of us in a 15-passenger van with all of our stuff, drove across the country, and we did service projects out of the Gulf Coast. Well, I ended up working in Waveland, Mississippi, um, which was a town that's right on the border of Louisiana and Mississippi. And it it was like, it's tough to describe. It, It was something that I hope no one ever has to experience seeing that kind of devastation. Um, but it's something that you learn and you kinda kinda grow with. So it was uh just kind of wiped out. The entire area was wiped out. Uh we go running in the mornings this foundation, so that so they actually ended up having karaoke there. Um uh, one of the we were staying in like a tent for a bunch of volunteers and they had karaoke there. <laughs> We had one person that was in charge of us. Uh, I I won't mention her name, but she was kind of like the leader of the group. The team leader is what we called him. And I just remember as a team, we kind of cornered her and we sang, I'll be watching you (laughs) all to her at the same time at this karaoke on this like tent on the Gulf Coast. And just seeing the look on her face, knowing that because we were living and working together that we were still watching her was just kind of like a priceless, but I'm sure mortifying moment for her. My worst travel story also touches on karaoke.
2: Uh, (laughs) A friend I went to high school with, Josh Bodwell, ended up being a tattoo artist on a reality show called Epic Inc. It was on A&E for one season. It all focused on nerdy tattoos, and he shared the call for things for that show. It's like, I don't know if it's nerdy enough. But I would love to get a karaoke tattoo done by you. And I just figured it would look good if he got people who wanted specifically to get work from him. So I put in and I get a call saying, hey, can you fly to Portland, Oregon in two days? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And this is around the time when all those travel discount sites came up. So I'm like, let me see if I can save a couple bucks. So I did one of those where it shows my flight time and I'm like, oh, okay, these times suck. I'll just exchange it and like reschedule it. But I didn't read the fine print. You can't do that. So I go out there, I fly out, I spend the day in Portland. I do karaoke that night in Portland. Go down to Eugene, Oregon the next day, get tattooed right through when my flight was supposed to, you know, go. And I call and I'm like, hey, I can I catch like another flight? And they're like, not with the package you have. So by saving money. I ended up spending almost 2 grand on that flight like between the two of them together like the, the 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 round trip that I got the discount on and then the last minute I would like to fly home and not be in Oregon anymore <laughs> flight.
1: And <laughs> what was your tattoo?
2: So what Josh put together was a large reptilian creature of a certain franchise that likes to destroy Tokyo, a creature like that uh, singing karaoke in the Maz Isley cantina from star Wars. And I can actually say that one. Cause I think Josh is licensed to do tattoos by Lucas films. I think that's one of his credentials. So there's a little Han and Greedo in the background and it's clearly the Maz Isley cantina. I mean, I like star Wars. I'm not a huge star Wars person, but it's a karaoke th- theme tattoo that took 11 hours to do. And it's on my thigh. And it's a, it's a pretty great memory.
0: that's i having been in a bad flight like situations before i definitely empathize with that but yeah you got a great result out of it so win-win win-win all around (laughs) And, and i have one question specifically for you unless adam you secretly also have 11 pets i just am curious how you keep track you have nine cats and two dogs how do you keep track of all of them because i less than a week ago Somehow locked one of my dogs in my bedroom and was looking all over the house for him. Couldn't, couldn't find him. Opened the door. And in a three-second span, he went into another bedroom and got locked into that. And it was it was baffling. So how do you keep track of all of them? <laughs> I've lost a
2: cat or two. They've, they've hidden places. It's happened. Uh, they really keep track of me more because they just yell at you when they want food or when they want something. So you get used to it. I mean, right now, my large Mastiff mix is snoring behind us my tiny orange girl is sitting on a cat scratcher kind of waiting for me to pay attention to her. <laughs> and the other ones are off doing something somewhere else.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to hope during podcast recording, the house stay standing. It's happened. I mean, have gotten through several episodes so far, so we'll be, we'll be fine with that. Well, we'll almost get you out of here. Or actually, we will get you out of here. Cause you're almost off the hook here. We always like to wrap up with a top three on this show. You've done plenty of karaoke songs and of course there's the go-to's that everyone have you know there's the i will survives the uh, don't stop believing the sweet carolines we don't want any of that we want your top three and you'll each you can each do your top three of your top three underrated karaoke songs that get a great reception but maybe people don't think of off the bat i mean my go-to that i have never seen anyone else do and
2: you need to be in the right bar with the right atmosphere And you need to be able to rap because a lot of people do try to rap at karaoke and they can't. They just think it's going to be easy because it's not singing per se, but it's actually harder than singing in a lot of cases. But my go-to for a live bar, if I want to make an impression and get everybody involved, is Let Me Clear My Throat by DJ Cool, Because a middle-aged, bald guy in business attire doing that, it usually shocks some people. So for me, that's like my personal one. But underrated ones, it's always the songs that everybody... Forgot they know, mm-hmm. so something like the new radicals. You get what you give. That that is a great karaoke song that not enough people do. And pretty much anything by Everclear. I don't think I ever hear anyone do Everclear, but that's in that same time frame. Like the '90s are kind of ubiquitous at karaoke because you're either in my age range where you grew up with it, or you're in that age range
1: where you're looking back on it the way that people my age looked back on the sixties and seventies. And that's, I, I was actually going to mention Everclear, Ed, but I think you can get away with some of the older songs too. Like, uh, Bobby Darin's Mack the knife always seems to go over really well. Whenever somebody busted out and it's a, it's a really singable song too, for a deeper voice um so that's worth checking out and i'm gonna pull this in because i'm a musical theater nerd i feel like there are musical theater songs that you never hear musical theater at karaoke unless you have a very specific crowd but there are ones that play you can lean into them and they will kill at a karaoke night um if i were a rich man from fiddler on the roof if you lean into that song it doesn't matter what that crowd is i've had people walk up to it's like i don't really care for those musical things but you are real good up there and i'm like thanks sir i really i really appreciate that um so a a lot there's there's you know the right musical song i think is don't sleep on it i think it's great
0: i agree with that i don't know if i've really ever done a musical song but i always enjoy seeing them because yeah because the people that choose them always lean into it like and I, I could not tell you anything about Avenue Q, really, but I have heard multiple songs from it at karaoke. And those people know their stuff. They just, they nail it. I, I assume. I mean, I don't even always know the songs they're singing, but I, I see like Avenue Q, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good.
1: <laughs> it's going to be good. But That's. Kate, but Kate, what you think you do after? Ed, what do you do with a BA in English? Can you please tell the people since... <laughs> It sucks to be me, Adam. It does suck to be you, Ed. And I have an M.A. Oh, <laughs> What do you do with an M.A. in English? You start a
0: podcast about karaoke. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. <laughs> so if people want to hear this great podcast, I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure they're already subscribed, but just in case they're not where can they find y'all
2: everything that we have the easiest place to find us is sungpoorly.com or at sungpoorly on pretty much every social media the website has blog posts it has every episode it even has a merch store now
0: yeah pick up some merch and then i have you been crowdsourcing people wearing the merch or is this still too too new while they're while they're singing?
2: I, I certainly wear it to karaoke, uh, but seeing people like already buying it, that was just like humbling and kind of nice to see because we really had no idea if anybody would. I mean, some of it's podcast themed, some of it's just karaoke themed. But it was just really heartwarming to see like, oh, somebody in some town. I don't know anyone in that town. and
1: mean, they, they bought a shirt. Neat. It's it's very cool, and we're deeply appreciative to anybody that listens. And more than anything, like uh, I'll sell it real quick just by saying, listen, what you got today between Ed and I is what you're going to hear on the podcast. We're talking to people who love karaoke, um, and you know, having some fun while doing it. So you know uh anybody that gives us their most valuable asset their time we're just deeply appreciative and we're deeply appreciative of you joey for having us on today this was wonderful
0: likewise ed and adam thank you so much go listen to the greatest song ever sung poorly podcast i'm excited to wear some merch the next time i go out singing whenever that will be hopefully soon (laughs) awesome well thank you so much and of course we got to wrap up with a corny joke as we always do you know my wife told me she was gonna leave me because i kept singing i'm a believer I thought she was joking, but then I saw her face. Get after it today, people. (laughs) Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you're a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey, at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening.